Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. We're starting off with show notes today as usual. Our evening with medium events that we usually host three times a year here in North Bay is not flying for the year of 2021. Um, We're just kind of sitting tight until we hear about safety Mm -hmm. protocols um, and when that would be appropriate to open back up. So we'll keep you in the loop. Thank you to everyone who's been enthusiastic and asking about it. We surely miss it too. Mm -hmm. Um, But for now, safety is our number one concern. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. Those are 10 to 15 minute, and I lie when I say that because they are often more than 10 or 15 minutes. But we sell it that way. (laughs) We try. Those are short podcast shows. They run in a series the very first week of every single month, Monday to Friday. We pick topics on emotional and intuitive intelligence, and Kelly and I give you a toolkit. The very first show is always available on YouTube and at the website by sarlo.com. The remaining four in every single series is available at our website, patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Yes. And Patreon is actually a paid membership portal. So it's a monthly fee or an annual fee, however you choose to do it. Mm-hmm. It's, um, we roll out benefits all year long on emotional and intuitive intelligence. And as Karen mentioned, Sips of Sanity is just one of those benefits. So we've got habit trackers, we've mm-hmm. got reflective questions, you got early access to coffee with the Sarlos. Um, if you need your dose early in the week, it comes out on Thursdays for our patrons. Karen has a wonderful blog that she writes monthly, um, all about the gifts and all about your experiences with the gifts themselves and how you've integrated them into your regular life, not just your practice. So that's really cool. I'm still learning about you. Mm-hmm. It's a treat. And then on top of that, we just started a book club that is all about emotional intelligence. So we're picking books that is, pardon me, that are going to continue to contribute to your toolkit. We break those down with you each week. We do Facebook live events as well. Uh, Patreon is just a plethora of, of great tools, including um, a monthly draw for a free half hour session with Karen or myself for our top patrons. So if you do want to check that out, it's patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Kelly and I both have separate private practices. You can go to by and fill out a Webflow form to request a session with either one of us. Sessions are done for people all over the world. The accuracy is the same wherever you're located because our relationship with the spirit world is what gives you your accuracy. We do those sessions by Skype, FaceTime, Zoom, telephone, and WhatsApp. That was the smoothest rendition of our personal sessions. I want to pause in these show notes and say congratulations, Karen. You know, there are so many podcasts that do like a Mm -hmm. pre-recorded show notes, and that's cool. That's great. It's just that our stuff continues to change all Mm -hmm. the time. Um, Kudos. I know. It was lovely. It just feels so smooth. (laughs) Good. Uh, And then last but not least, we'll get back to the show notes. We have gift certificates available. So if you do want to purchase those for anyone anywhere in the world, as Karen mentioned, that can be done. We can send you a printable format of the gift certificate. So you can print that out or you can email it to them, whatever you prefer. Uh, And those don't expire. So no, no rush to use them up. They are transferable. If you think it's a good idea that someone might want it and they decide against it, re-gift it, use it yourself. Um, it's, uh, it's flexible. Mm-hmm. Is that good? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, what are we doing today? 
Um, I always start by saying it's a client session and yes. you realize how silly this is because... Well, I, no, I think that's fair. Yeah. We do a lot of client oh, stories, but okay. we've also talked about our own experiences and we've also talked about um, not just our personal lives, but using the gifts in general. Mm-hmm. You know, we've done an introducing medical intuitive, not necessarily about clients themselves, mm-hmm. uh, but more so a discussion about them. I have to start by saying you look beautiful this morning. Oh, thank you. I know that you're tired. I'm so tired. And you just look awesome. So it's just like, okay, I realize that when you're this fatigued, how wonderful it feels. I'm just going to (laughs) cry. I understand that feeling, but you do. You look beautiful. Thank you. I was trying to get ready for the show and I put the headband in and I thought, oh, they're just going to know that when a headband is on Kelly's head, she's exhausted and is like just barely trying. (laughs) So thank you. You're welcome. Okay, so this is a client story. It's a female that calls. We can see each other over the computer because, of course, we're in COVID days. Um, what do you want to name her? Mm, okay. Oh, I'm blanking. Hmm. Penny. Okay. Grey's Anatomy. Oh, okay. No so, one's happy about that. She killed, well, she was one of the people in the shows where Derek died. Oh. She didn't kill him. She was very responsible. The doctor didn't listen to her. I have very deep feelings about this. So tired. Anybody who either knows you is dying laughing right now. That's good. Or who really likes Grey's Anatomy or who binge watches a show and gets really hooked into the characters Mm -hmm. just totally got you. Thanks. (laughs) I feel like a little... Yeah. Okay, so Penny. Um, Penny, after going through consent... So I always want to preface that we always go through consent. And good. It's on the bingo square too. So. Oh, okay, good. So um, she starts the session and just says, uh, I have an hour. I want you to answer the question, how do I fix things? That's it. It's never a good start to a session. <laughs> how do I fix things? And... You like the, the energy that I get from her because she's sitting and looking at me. She's not crumbling on a floor or in fetal position on a bed or, you know what I mean? She just says, how do I fix things? And I'm saying that because it's COVID and there are clients that are laying on couches Mm -hmm. that are in different, different kinds of positions at home at a kitchen table. Things have really changed, especially in the last, I find the last couple of months Mm -hmm. as we've really gone through almost a full year of this, right? Well, yeah, and I think part of that has to do with people just experiencing Zoom fatigue. Oh, 100%. Yes. So um, so she says, how do I fix things? And I first I was going to ask her to clarify just because it was just a thought to get her to give me something else for the session. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I would say that. And I, I hear the spirit guide say, mm, time, 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 <laughs> like, pay attention over here. So I drew my attention over to the spirit guides and they said, we want to talk to you. Don't ask her anything. So I said, okay, what, what do you guys want to say about it? Or I don't know, whatever is going on. And they said, well, we're going to give you some information and you can start by giving her the information first because, and you'll see why we're doing it. So I said, okay, trust you guys, go for it. So they said she comes in with a big family. There's several brothers and sisters, so both sexes. 
and she's got sisters and brothers. They didn't give me a number, but they're just giving me that, you know, so if the two plus two plus herself, there's a minimum of five. I can do easy math. <laughs> Someone's going to quote you on that in the future. <laughs> Complicated math. I need a pen and paper for <laughs> and maybe someone else's help. <laughs> but anyway, so that that gives me some some valid what I call just facts to, to offer her. And they said her mom and dad are both alive. This is not medium. They're not she's not asking you to do medium. Okay. This is not medical intuitive either. They said this has to do with relationships and soul contracts and patterns in the family. And that and what she would just refer to as the dynamics and she's just calling it what was her, I can't remember what her term was, chaos. That there's, uh, she kept saying that all during the session through the hours that she was just sinking in the chaos. Mm. And so I said to the guides, chaos, I said, so when did the chaos start then? And they said, well, the chaos starts when she's quite small, not like born and toddler, but it begins around the age of about mm, five, six years old. So wow, like that's, that's still very young. And I said, what occurs? Are you going to tell me everything? And they said, we're going to give you quite a bit right now. And then you're going to do, we're going to, I'll explain as we go through the session. So they said that her mother, well, first of all, she's not the oldest. So there are some children older, some children younger than her. Another fact. However, her mom um, gets angry in the marriage. So she, she marries the dad and is happy at the beginning. But as the children come along, she becomes angry because his job is to travel. His job is actually, and they don't say what, they don't say he's a trucker. They don't say what his job is. I think that's enough of an affirmation. My job isn't for travel. Thank you. So they say he travels. I might be under-caffeinated as well, as you were. Okay. Oh, my God. So they said that he travels, not astral, like his <laughs> whole body. <laughs> he picks up his body-ass form, gets it into a vehicle, and goes. So Karen made up a word. I did. You can hit that on the bingo square, too. So he travels for his job, and as a result, she's left alone a lot, and she has her own job. So there are times when he's home and he helps and there are t and he takes over and he does lots of good things. But, but for the bulk of it, she's a single parent quite often. Um, and, oh, I should mention Penny's in probably around 60. Mm. So, her so this is past. Mm -hmm. So her siblings are in their 60s and 50s. And, um, so her mom back in those days is a single mom. There's none of this, you know, public daycare. She's got to get help. She leaves the kids alone. She, she has older kids watching younger kids. She's got kids that she says, you can't go to work. You can't go to school today. Oh, wow. You have to stay and take care of your kids. I have to go to work. Like this is, and then she gets angry because when she goes back to work, they take her out of her job and they give her less of a job because she isn't there to do her job. So she's demoted. She's treated badly by other employees because she's inconsistent, even though they all understand that she's going home and taking care of five plus children on her own. And so there's no consideration from the men that she works with or the women. 
The women are no nicer to her because they can empathize. They just see it as, well, if she's not here, I'll take her job. Okay. So this is shitty. Mm -hmm. And so her mom becomes angry right around the time that she's five or six. And the anger comes out on her. And so the mom decides, I'm going to get her to help me. I'm going to get her to do this. She tries to ask the older kids to do things, but they give pushback. They fight and say, um, you know, like they, like they resist. Mm. So because Penny has less resistance, a couple of years younger than these older kids, and she's looking for her mom's attention and love, she's more likely to put the toys away, pick this up, and do whatever she's told to do. Take the laundry, sort it, and put it in people's rooms. She just starts doing things at a very young age. And so she's what Beverly and Jell would refer to as parentified. Mm -hmm. And so the guides show this whole structure then that the mom has more kids. And so as Penny ages, the responsibilities intensify. I feel like this show is a birth control ad. Oh, I'm going to have a drink of coffee. (laughs) I realize it was a very different time and that birth control was not something that was readily available to them. Yeah. And so the decision, a a good, healthy, responsible, conscious decision to have children might not have been an option. Yeah. If you wanted to have sex, you took that risk. Yeah. Yes. So her her mom uh, gets more and more angry, and as she gets more angry... She doesn't just give her the chores to do and keep building on them as she's got more babies in the house. She um, treats her badly. So she's condescending, she's critical, she's rude. She does a lot of the forms of verbal abuse, but there's no physical abuse. But there's tons of verbal. And the siblings, as they are younger, they don't really participate in that. They just see mom doing it. And when I watch what dad does when he comes home is that he challenges his wife at the beginning. He, he stands up for his daughter. And as his wife gets more and more angry, well, you're not here to help me. And so as she turns the anger on him, he's the first one to behave in the way, ooh, don't like her anger. It's a lot more convenient for me for her to be angry at Penny instead of me. The dad decided that? Well, I'm going to say not like totally consciously. No, I'm sorry. Yes, he does. Yes. So he sees that behavior and he thinks, oh shit, I don't want, I don't want her coming at me. So he's far more content to see Penny get this so that he can have sex so that he gets the wife that's in a good mood and nice. I'm only home for a week. I'm like, I I don't want to tolerate this. So he comes a little bit back with, I don't want to tolerate this. And there's fighting. Then it moves to, we we don't want to fight. We want sex and we want to do all these other fun things. We want to get this week with each other. Then I got to go for two or three weeks. So they want to keep this honeymoon or this, this lighter stage between the two of them superficial at the cost of Penny taking on her mom's anger. And so to try to avoid her mom's anger, which she can't, she doesn't realize that. She just tries to people please and and stay under the wire so that mom's anger won't come at her. So she has to anticipate 
her mom's moods and what could tick her mom off. Mm -hmm. So she becomes really good that if brothers and sisters are fighting and that ticks mom off, then Penny could be in another room folding laundry. Her brothers and sisters are watching TV, horsing around. They break something and Penny's punished. And so now her siblings learn that they can break things and fight and they can behave in dysfunctional, unhealthy ways, but there will be no repercussions because Penny is here to handle this. And so the mom's behavior continues and is continuing to this day. And the dad and her brothers and sisters have participated in this family dynamic their entire lives and know nothing different. That is heartbreaking and like enraging. I want to push pause. Sorry, I thought you meant you were hitting the pause button. I was supposed to talk. Well, we're talk. recording. <laughs> That's very considerate <laughs> so, of you. So I just, I feel rage. Yeah. I remember in the, well, yeah, I felt rage in the well, session. Yeah. She's you. Yeah. And I felt the sadness. I felt all kinds of things for her. So at this point, she's just still waiting for me to talk. And the guides have to download that, all of that information, because she's not going to give me a single second. She's got so much anxiety, so much stress, because all she wants to do is fix it. Because now in her early 60s, her mom has stopped talking to her. Can, we, can we pause? Yeah. Um, I know I was talking emotionally what I felt about this, but I do want to pause because you're actually drawing attention back to the fact that this happened within less than 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. Of you getting all of this information about how the dynamics have begun and then played out up until this day. And I just think that's a testament to the gifts, to the guides, mm -hmm. to the efficiency of how they deliver it, but also how well you listen or pay attention to the senses. Mm -hmm. um, because anyone who's sitting on the other end of this podcast and going, I resonate with that anxiety... I'll, maybe I resonate with the fact that I'm shelling out $125 a session and I don't want blank space in my right. session because a lot of people approach it that way. All of what you just said that took ample time in this podcast took less than 30 seconds to do in the session. Yeah, That's, I, It's just remarkable. I and I just hope it's never lost on people. Yeah. I like that you call it remarkable. And I also add to that word magical. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, thank you. Mm -hmm. So the guides said that they're in their fifties and sixties and mom and dad are still alive and all the brothers and sisters are alive. So there's another fact. There's mm -hmm. no one predeceased. So I, I'm just going to say what I normally say in podcast shows at this point, I relay all of that information to Penny and I wait for her validation and she doesn't validate any of it. She just dives into the problem of fixing it, oh. which is the validation that it's correct. But I have to stop her because she's just like, and then she pulls her hair and she's like, she just, she's so stressed, Cal. She just grabs her hair and she's just like, how do I fix this? And you just see decades. Yeah. Decades of anguish, mm -hmm. decades of suffering. And she says, it's just chaos now. And it's chaotic because her mom's broken the pattern that this is how everybody treats Penny. And Penny is so used to this that at 60, she's still doing it. She's still fixing. 
She's still trying, but mom has decided I'm not going to talk to you. So now all of the brothers and sisters are like, what do we do? Is that what you mean by she broke the pattern? Okay. For now, I don't mean broke the pattern of abuse. Thanks. She's still abusing, yeah. but she's broken the behavioral pattern. I don't know how you want to word this. She has escalated the problem. Yes. There we go. Okay. Yes. I'm just meaning, I know you'll always reword it in different ways she's, for me. She's now creating more inconsistency. Yes. So she's taken it to another level where the abuse is more, it's just different, and none of the siblings know how to respond to it. Mm -hmm. So they don't know if mom wants them to all stop talking to her and follow suit what mom's doing, or if they're all supposed to, like, what do we do? So there's chaos because the brothers and sisters are like, oh, we need Penny. She fixes things for us. <laughs> we need Penny. because We need her here because mom, mom abuses her. And if she's not here, which one of us is she going to turn the abuse on? So her siblings are all in chaos because they want Penny in the family to handle all the abuse because it keeps them clear and safe. Quote, unquote. <laughs> right. And they believe that that means that mom loves them because she's not picking on them. So if they now don't know what to do, they don't know if mom's going to still love them or not, and it's Penny's fault. <laughs> like, that's what I mean about chaos. And so I had to, like, right at this point, I had to verify all these facts, and Penny is 10 steps ahead of me. She's got so much anxiety, it's just fix it with this one, and she's naming all her brothers and sisters, and what about this? And Well, what did my dad do, and how did my dad... And she's jumping mm -hmm. everywhere. And the guides looked at me and went, time out. So I said, Penny, I need time out. I have to listen to the guides. And she went, yeah, yeah, okay. So as much as she's stressed out of her mind, she's still respectful to say, okay, go, sorry, yes, Karen, go. And so I said to the guides, okay, what is it? And they said, this is a pattern for her, and we want you to point out that because of all of the levels of abuse in the family towards her, she doesn't finish her own thoughts. She doesn't finish, doesn't know what she thinks. She doesn't know what she wants. And we want to point out that they're actually all giving her an opportunity to actually create her own life and start, start to become healthy. Try, begin. They are all giving her an opportunity, meaning the absence of her family? Yes. Okay, that wasn't Thank spelled out. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So there's an opportunity here that as her brothers and sisters are trying to figure out, do we talk to her? Do we ignore her? What do we do? And some of them even flat out said to her, I'm not, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk to you. Mom's mad at you. Like they even bring up in the, in those triangling conversations, we don't know what mom wants us to do with you. So we don't know what to do. Right. So none of them have individuated. None. I will say too, for people who are listening to this, and maybe went, oh, I, I have thoughts that run a million miles an hour and mine don't finish each other. And I feel very confused all the time. These are symptoms of being on the receiving end of abuse mm -hmm. for extended periods of time. Mm -hmm. These are also symptoms of extreme people pleasing. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening to the show for the very first time and you've identified with this, mm -hmm. know that there are resources out there for you. And if you want to email us, we can send you options for books, podcasts, free resources, paid resources, so that you can take a breath as Penny needs to do. And like you said, take step one. Thank you. 
Um, I want you, you mentioned in there, and I just want to take a moment to, uh, uh, to add to what you're doing. You and I believe a lot in therapy mm-hmm. and we believe in referring people to therapists and we recognize we're not therapists mm-hmm. and that we, our job is to channel and our job is to do the energy healing where you and I have our licenses and are insured to do. So we know our lines and our boundaries and our responsibilities and the fact that someone like Penny needs another other people and that I'm not looking for her to become dependent on me mm-hmm. um, as where she needs a therapist to provide her with certain tools and skills and assessments. Mm-hmm. Okay. At that point, the guides are talking about a pattern presenting and that they want it pointed out to her and that they want her to recognize that her own thoughts don't finish because this is one of the things that she kind of knows that she's doing and it's bothering her and it's making her wonder if she's starting to get dementia. She's in her 60s. Aww. So I brought up the, the fact that the guide said that she was worried about her memory and because of age, she's, can, she's thinking or wondering and is stressed. So she's added more stress mm-hmm. that's already through the roof that she's thinking that, do I have dementia? Do I have a kind of Alzheimer's? Like what's going on that I can't remember things? Not remembering that she's had problems with remembering things because she's expected to remember things for her brothers and sisters expected to remember things for her parents and so literally can't even be in her own her own body and in her own mind to know what her own thoughts are or what her own feelings are and how to store things for her own self and her memory. She's constantly thinking that it's got to have all these files for all these other people. Right. And she's also been gaslit. Oh yeah. And I would imagine that even if she does remember something correctly, if this person has changed his or her mind mm-hmm. Or on a whim decides, I'm going to fuck you up and say, that's not what I said. Then she questions her own memory, not the experience itself or the person. Perfectly said. And the gaslighting, Dr. Romney, the um, Sam Vaknin, Les Carter, um, three people on YouTube that we refer to um, that are psychologists, psychiatrists that put podcasts out to explain narcissism. And she goes, I just looked up that word. And I said, what? And she goes, you brought up narcissism. And I had given those names to her and said, these three people have YouTube channels that could give you some education. It's not the same as therapist because a one-on-one therapist is going to do other things for you. But an educational component can come from these three people that are doing their best to educate online for free. And she said, I just Googled narcissist. She says, someone, I was writing in self-absorbed. I was writing in all these words one day, trying to figure it out. And the word narcissist popped up on Google. And she said, I was, so I was looking up the definition. She goes, I don't know that your other words. She says, I'll, can you write that down on the paper for me? So, um, I told her to write it down herself just so that people understand we don't do note taking for you. Uh, I'm, it's not possible and I don't want to do it. That's not part of what we do. Um, so she wrote her own notes and put down her, those professionals. She can choose to do that. And then the guides came in and said, she doesn't have dementia as medical intuitive. This is not what she's experiencing. These professionals will be able to explain to her what's going on with her memory, but her memory's not going to change. 
if she stays in the same patterns and lets the abuse escalate. So here comes the rough part for Penny because her question is, how does she fix it? Remember, she just wants to go to fix mode constantly. That's why I made the comment in the beginning that that's never a good way to start the session. And and you can ask that question in a very different form or different way by saying, you know, can I can I know from the guides what what's within my control? Can I know from the guides the healthiest option to move forward? That's very different than asking how can I fix something, which means assume the responsibility of all roles involved. And Penny's not capable of that. Right. Because Penny has only seen life through one lens, right? Mm-hmm. So if it's like a pair of glasses and she's got only one lens in there and can only see it from this, like her, her wound of how she responds to everything, right? So her family comes along and they've all been trained by mom and dad. And this, this session was really interesting because she asked questions like, why did my mom do this at all? That's a good question. Like, how did this even begin? And I, so we went back and I said, oh, I know how it began. And she went, what? I said, your dad traveled on the road. And she went, yes. And I said, and when he was gone at the beginning, things weren't so bad. It was as children were born and as you got older and older. And she went, took her time. She had to, she had to stop for a while and think. That's good though. She yeah. needs that practice. Yeah how accurate that was. Like, you know, when somebody, you know, went to school, blah, blah. And I said, you got told to stay home. You, even your older siblings didn't get st- told to stay home to cook the meal. You didn't go to, you went to school in the morning and got told to stay home in the afternoon to cook and clean and vacuum. So that when mom got home, the house was clean, dinner was done. I said, you became, you became the parent. And so I mentioned the word parentified and referred her to Beverly Angel's book, The Nice Girl Syndrome, so that she could understand the role that she was pushed into. And gradually over the years, so everything changed. They did not explain, just in case people are listening to this, if she ever graduated and got an education. Mm. I don't know. I just was able to validate that she was told to come home from school, she missed school. If a sibling was sick and someone else needed to be in the house to cook for them or to take care of them, she had to stay home. Her mom went to work, her dad was gone. And dad was aware of all these things because remember now when he comes home for a week, he's seeing what's going on. It doesn't change because he's there. So he lets her stay home and take care of someone while he's in the house because he does not want to interrupt mom's routine. So now imagine your father walking around watching TV and doing whatever he wants while you're making your sister or brother lunch instead of that you're in school. I have never in my entire life understood how or why having children is a God-given right. Oh, well, and this family would certainly make anybody question it. So all of these things are told to her so that she can understand. And then I described to her how her parents got along until they had kids. And then as his job brought him out of town more weeks in a month, and that when he was home at first, he argued, and then he saw the benefit of not arguing for him, but seeing her position then that mom's training her to do more and more, that he's allowing that. She says to me, 
I have a question. Did my mom and dad even love me? It's mm, a good question. It's just scary. It is. And I, my response to her at that point was, I will ask the spirit guides, but I suggest you also discuss this with a therapist. Mm-hmm. Good for you. And I said, because your spirit guides may have an answer that really throws you into a tizzy uh, or into more anxiety and more fear. And I said, at this point, it might be the very thing that you hear. And I want you to know that probably tomorrow morning at nine o'clock, you better get on the phone and book therapy. Mm -hmm. And I said, so can we talk about that for a little bit? And I want you to assure me that you're going to do this. And she was like, why, why would you care? I said, why wouldn't I care? There are a lot of things I don't care about. (laughs) What a statement. But this is one that I do. Yeah. And I said, so could you promise me that you will find help? And and she says, yeah, but that's indicating to me right there that you're going to tell me that they didn't love me. And I said, I'm going to say to you that your parents aren't capable. Which is a very different answer than just no. Exactly what she understood. Oh, good. She went, I love your answer. I feel better with it. I feel fucking free with it. And I mm. went, okay. Because no fault. Got it. Which is what the people pleaser can never really truly understand. Happy dance. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was a weird happy dance. But um, I'm so glad your chair doesn't move. <laughs> Kelly, I have to break here. Time out in the conversation. One day I thought that I, during a session that I should sit on one of those yoga balls. You never. Know? Well, I did. And I went, oh, during a session, during a session on Zoom. And I tried to do, I was holding on. I was gripping those pelvic floor muscles. I was just solid in my, on my ball. And all of a sudden I went to do the happy dance and I went, uh, (laughs) I went flying off the ball, (laughs) knocked my head on the wall. (laughs) Okay. That was my happy dance. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for that. That's a good visual. (laughs) Um, Okay. So she's relieved. She's relieved. And this, this is worth the entire story. This is worth for me. It's worth the entire hour. It's worth all of my energy in trying to, as you said, download all the information and then all of the energy to try and relay it correctly without any interference of my own stuff. I will say too, I understand that I'm in a biased position, but I, I will say it anyway. It's, it also makes it worth every penny mm. because if you have been living the, for decades in anguish, mm-hmm. in that severity of people pleasing and another level of depression as well, mm-hmm. then to hear not capable and to be released of the, the guilt or the at fault that she's placed on herself for so long, that's what's worth every penny. Mm-hmm. Just to have that breath of relief of it's not my fault. Mm-hmm. At one point in there when the guards were explaining this between what happens in her mom's heart and what happens in her dad's heart, that they stop loving each other and that it's more about negotiating than being in love. And that it's about negotiating instead of collaborating. And I want to say that in, I don't know if I'm wording that right, but where as a couple, they don't bother working through problems anymore Mm -hmm. in a healthy way. 
it becomes dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. So dad becomes dysfunctional in that I can see my wife is out of control. I can see that she's struggling when I'm not here. Instead of thinking maybe I need a different job or we need to problem solve in some other ways, we need to find a babysitter, we need to ask neighbors to help, whatever it is, right? Family, school, it doesn't matter. Whatever all of your solutions can be, they don't reach out to anybody. They just go within to say, meh, this is working. She's problem solved it all on her own that the five-year-old's going to start helping. And I'm not going to interfere with that because it makes my wife angry. And I'm not here for the other three weeks of the month, so who cares? So when I'm home, I just want things to go smoothly for me. So in that sense of her asking about what happened, the guide said she was the equalizer. And I'm like, the equalizer? And they said, well, yeah. The way that they that the way that the family always saw everything was she's the equalizer. If mom's gonna go into anger and do something, but we can we can do something to Penny instead, then once that's accomplished, it equalizes mom's mood back down to neutral. So we're gonna call Penny the equalizer. Mm-hmm. And I said that to her, and she went, and you can just see her literally trying to pull up files of memories. Mm-hmm. Going, when was I the equalized? What? And you can see her trying to figure it out in conversation. So I stopped talking. Nice. I shut up because the guides were just like, let her go. And I can see the memories coming in. Like, you know how we watch over people's Mm -hmm. heads? I can see the memories coming in and I'm thinking, oh my God, that's really cool. So ask the guides if they could. Not something someone with dementia can do. Just to further your point of you like validating that she doesn't have dementia, that this is stress-induced memory issues. Love how you caught this. Yeah. If she's if you are watching as an intuitive and she's able to pull up all of those memories, then you know Penny's okay and Penny could be okay. Yeah. So they pull up a memory and I get to see the memory. And I thought, well, this is really cool. So I'm curious now, just as Karen Sarlow, of course, um, if I tell her her memory, (laughs) this could be fun for me. And I wonder what it could do for Penny. So she shows a memory with two of her brothers. And this is going to be funny because now I can't remember the whole thing, but I I saw it during the session. So I tell her about this time with two brothers where they're fighting. And I can't remember what they're fighting over. And how Penny has to get in there to calm and people please both brothers so that they won't upset mom. So she has to go in and to do all the people pleasing to both of her brothers. And so I bring this up and I say to her, did you just pull out a memory about two of your brothers? And the guides say younger, just at the last second for me. So I said to validate two younger brothers. And she goes, I do have two younger brothers. Yes. And I said, where they are in a fight and you have to people please both brothers. So you have to be able to say to one of them, here's your toy or you get this and you want something. So I can't give it to you. So I'll try and find something else that you want to appease you. And you keep trying to find things until he's appeased. And she goes, yes. And she goes, that's what you mean by being the equalizer between my two siblings so that my mom doesn't get ticked off, so I'm the equalizer between the two of them, but also between them and my mother. So this is how I get triangled and pulled into all of these 
situations, even when my mom's not around. Yes. So even in her 60s, and them in their 50s and 60s, she still has brothers and sisters calling her to play that role of the equalizer. So it's still playing out decades later. Mm-hmm. And she says, okay, she says, um, this is good for me. She says, I, I, um, I needed to see that. I needed to hear that. And I said, is that, was that correct? That was one of your memories that you were pulling out? And she goes, yes. And she goes, you're freaking me out? And she says, but I'm also understanding, if I get this right, that what you're doing is getting information from my spirit guides to give to me so that I can understand it's not that you know this about me, but that the guides have to give it to you to say to me so that I can understand what I'm going through. Well done. No kidding. And I said, that is exactly spot on correct. And she goes, I'm good with that. She goes, I like what you're doing. And she says, I'm going to rebook with you. She says, I believe I need you to help me pull out some of the memories so that I can actually have it validated. She says, because of the gaslighting. Mm-hmm. She says, I'm understanding that I'm questioning my memories because these things don't make sense. They're not healthy. So now that I'm trying to get healthy, but I have these unmemories that are of situations that are unhealthy, I'm thinking, how can that be me? Mm. Cool. So she says, I need to rebook. I'm booking another hour. She says, and I said, okay, you can do that. But I said, are you still promising you're going to do the therapy? Because as we pull all of that up, ah, uh, yes. She says, I heard you. <laughs> That's just, just so good. I heard you. I said, I need to explain something. If you promise the spirit guides that you're going to get therapy, oh, good Lord, she says, you're going to know because they tell you. And I said, that's right. And I said, so if you book an appointment with me and the guides say that you did not get the therapy, I will not see you. Mm-hmm. And you have to prepay your appointment and it will be considered a no-show and you will not get a refund. And she was like, what? And I said, I'm letting you know upfront so that you're held accountable to taking care of yourself. And she started crying. Mm. And I said, this is healthiness. And I want you to understand that when someone healthy speaks to you, it's with respect. And when we ask you to do something, it's because it's what's good for you. And that you're worth caring for. Yeah. And caring about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. High five, lady. Mm-hmm. That was it. Cool. Yeah. I was exhausted at the end of that session. Same. (laughs) This was just the recap. (laughs) Yeah. And I, she's already rebooked. Good for her. So I do know that she sent in her request form to rebook. Um, And I'm asking the guides if she's booked therapy Mm -hmm. because I really do want her to get well. And I do realize that I'm only a piece of it. Mm-hmm. I realize that what you and I can do is just a piece, especially with somebody that has been this abused mm-hmm. and that as much as I want her to get well, I can't make her get well. Um, she has to choose to do all of the work. And some people just choose to do tiny pieces of it and they go, don't get to the, to the place they can. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you. So maybe maybe it won't be Penny the Equalizer. Maybe Penny will be changing her name in the future. I look forward to that. <laughs> Me too. Me too, Kelly. A lot. Okay. So if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at If you have time today, as usual, we always welcome you to subscribe to your favorite podcast platform, as well as to YouTube. That just helps us have a further reach around the globe. So thank you in advance for that. We also welcome you to join us on patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo for your monthly emotional and intuitive intelligence toolkits. And if nothing else, we wish you a beautiful and happy weekend.